You're listening to the Clutter Fairy Weekly, a weekly webcast and podcast brought to you by the Clutter Fairy in Houston, Texas. If you'd like to participate in one of our live webcasts, please visit cfhou.com slash weekly. You'll find a calendar of upcoming webcasts, as well as instructions for joining the Zoom meeting via the app or by phone. We'd love to see you. That URL again is cfhou.com slash weekly. Now here's the weekly episode. Enjoy. Hi, Clutter Fairy fans. This is the Clutter Fairy Weekly for November 2nd, 2021. I'm your co-host, Ed Gumnick, and I'm speaking with Gail Goddard, certified professional organizer and owner of the Clutter Fairy in Houston, Texas. Hi, everybody. The Clutter Fairy Weekly is a webcast and podcast where we dig deep into the clutter that stands between people and the lives they want to be living. We aim to make sense of where so much stuff comes from in the first place, and we offer strategies to slow down the accumulation, reduce the collection, and comfortably manage the stuff we choose to keep. We rely heavily on the questions and topic suggestions we get from you, our viewers and listeners. If you're joining us in the Zoom meeting for the first time, you can share your comments and questions via the chat, and I'll try to make sure Gail addresses them before we move on to another topic. You can also use the raise hand feature if you'd like to let me know that you want to ask a question or make a comment yourself via audio or video. We're also streaming the webcast live on Facebook, so you can share your questions and comments there, and I'll relay them to Gail. We're going to start, as we usually do, by recapping last week's weekly tittle, which was called Consumption Be Done About All This Stuff. (laughs) The assignment, Gail always laughs at my stupid puns. The assignment was to examine your home and habits for evidence of what we called consumerism clutter, then to try to reduce its grip on your space. We want to hear from our participants in Zoom and Facebook. Who took a stand against the infiltration of consumerism in your home this week? Please let us know in the chat. Lisa on YouTube had this to say about last week's topic. While ordering a shirt I really liked, I discovered that the shipping for one item was 17. She didn't say whether it was dollars or pounds or whatever, but 17, which sounds like a lot of money, no matter what what currency you're talking about. Right. And the only way I could qualify for a 20% discount was to allow text message ads. I backed out of the order because I don't like the idea of volunteering to get spam or, or ridiculously high shipping charges. The retailer chased me down online and offered free shipping without my even asking. I got the shirt. I don't need them as much as they need me. I love it that they absolutely knew that when faced with the shipping charge and the text message box that she backed out, like they're tracking her movement enough to know when she bailed and chased her down and said, oh, oh, we don't mean it really here. You can have it for free. We were only kidding. And we were only kidding about that shipping charge here. And how great that she said, no, not paying it and ended up getting it shipped for free. That's a great solution. And, you can't rely on not every company is going to do that and not every company is that sophisticated about tracking the movements but if you can get it without paying the shipping then awesome and if you're willing to pay the shipping for one thing fine and in the meantime let that shipping be a barrier to um, 
instant gratification shopping and shutting you down from hitting the button, the click button to buy fast and having another thing shipped to your house that you don't need to have without thinking about it for a minute. So she ended up with a shirt. She still wanted the shirt. Hopefully she's wearing the shirt and it was worth the effort to go and back out when it got to be too expensive. And you can also think of those as barriers to stop to slow you down when you have a moment of unconscious or you're not paying close attention and you just, you know, click, click, click. They want it to be super easy for you to buy, but if you can um, interrupt yourself a little bit, you can save yourself a lot of money and a lot of shipping fees and a lot of stuff in the house that then you have to get rid of later. So that's what we're aiming for. Good for you, Lisa. I'm glad it worked out. Good job that you backed away. <clears throat> I um, like it. Naomi made a great comment on that. She said, I never thought about that before, but for everything except food and prescription drugs, it's a buyer's market. Even if you don't feel like tackling your personal issues with shopping, you can get a better deal. Right. If you just, um, you just know, wait a little be, bit. Well, be prepared to walk away. Yes. 100%. If you don't get the terms you want. Kara said, I discontinued Amazon Prime and that has slowed me down since I don't want to pay for shipping. Now that I've slowed down, I find I don't buy most of what I put in the cart. There Hardly any blue vans come to my house anymore. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Good job. Because it's not, you don't need it that bad. And if you do need something that bad, you can probably go ahead and order it or you can go to the store and get it. And so good on you. That's awesome. The thing about Amazon Prime is you pay your $99 or whatever it is a year and you do it one time and then you forget that you're actually $99 in the hole when you start with Amazon Prime. Well, and, you know, you have to get a lot of orders coming in to make that money up. And isn't it even more than that now? I, I, I'm i sure. I'm sure I, 99 we, was the initial, right? We, we quit a few years ago. Um, yeah, it's something I'm sure it's higher now. Yeah. But that's the whole point. You're like, whatever fee you pay for the free shipping, you're basically prepaying hundred dollars or $150 or whatever of shipping in advance. And so then it sort of ties you into in order to make my money back or in order to get to a net zero loss here, I have to get enough things delivered to me that it makes it worthwhile that I gave Amazon $150 shipping money up front. And so for some people, sure, that works out okay. But what it means is that Amazon captures all their shopping and it all goes to, you know, the Amazon bucket instead of your bucket. <laughs> Jane and says it's, it's, it's 119. There you go. I, I yeah. thought it was around. Yeah. So again, you got to come up with $119 worth of shipping to make, to get back to zero and not be, have it be a loss. And then, you know, then you like, you're making money because you're getting things shipped, but you're doing it all on Amazon, <laughs> right? Like. Yeah. What can I say? And said, I keep getting offers of free cookbooks. You only have to pay shipping. I don't want any more cookbooks, even free. <laughs> and that's a, you know, that's a, that's a category of, of uh, that's a tactic we didn't talk about last week. I don't think, um, I don't mm. know. If, I'm sure there, I'm sure they're still existing in some form, but I don't know what it is. But, you know, when I was a teenager and young adult, there was the thing you'd sign up for and get 
cassette Pen tapes, music. records or cassettes yeah, 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 for yeah. one penny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> plus shipping. Yeah, and then you were locked into and then they kept delivery. coming and coming and Columbia coming. House. Yeah. Columbia House. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know whether Columbia House is still in business or doing that. I think that it was not a model. successful business model. <laughs> I'm sure they made plenty of money on shipping for quite a few years, but then yeah. when people I, I don't know what what the digital music revolution is, did to yeah. them. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, Dawn mentioned Barnes and Noble and said, I realized I'd need to buy at least $250 worth of books to start saving. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's not, it's, it's just like, it's just guaranteeing that you have to spend money in order to feel like you're not losing money. And that's just a setup, right? That's just a setup to keep you shopping. I guess you, said, don't, you I, don't want that. Agatha said, I 95% of the time shop local. Yeah. And that's great. And that, that's one of the things we touched on. We didn't go into detail about it, but talking about criticisms of consumerism, one of them was it's, you know, the consolidation of big online, big, especially online retailers has been brutal to small local businesses mm-hmm. and local cultures the mom and pop stuff. Eleanor added, if you keep Amazon Prime, you need to make use of video, music, and any other perks aside from shipping. Mm, right. To, to get your money's worth. Get your, uh, watch shows on the on the TV through Amazon Prime. Naomi said it is not for LPs, but people are signing up for all kinds of monthly packages. Oh, and Time Life. Diane mentions Time Life. That was yeah, another one. that one. And then I was getting Black & Decker how-to books right yeah the how to repair stuff for a while and then i realized (laughs) that i didn't care how pretty or expensive the books were i still wasn't interested in doing my own home repairs (laughs) it didn't matter didn't matter how how nice the books were owning the book does not (laughs) generate the action right yeah Uh, as all of my clients who have 47 how to organize books in their house when I show up to start helping them organize (laughs) sometimes the book does not um, you know trigger the actual action (laughs) Marilyn said someone thought that they had me by an offer of free magazines as long as I had paid the shipping turned out the shipping would be more than the subscription my way out at the time was that I wasn't 18, too young to be held to a signed contract. Ooh. Lesson learned for a lifetime. Right. And learned it early. Good on you. <laughs> Thank goodness. Right. Lorraine, our friend Lorraine, playing devil's advocate, says Amazon has a discount for senior citizens and students. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Get thee behind us, Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's move oh, on funny. <laughs> to, uh, wait, Naomi said, owning the book does not trigger the action. I'm still waiting to wake up one morning and find my bathroom already painted. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> if only, right? Yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay, Lorraine lol So I'm glad, I'm glad she took that in the spirit in which it was intended. <laughs> um, We're okay. always giggling here. <laughs> right. Let's move on to our featured topic for today okay for most people a clutter problem doesn't spring up overnight clutter is the result of long-term habits delayed decisions 
minor messes that have been ignored, and a pattern of accumulating new belongings faster than you eliminate old stuff. Today, Gail is going to talk about how to stem the flow of clutter at the source by incorporating key decluttering habits into every day. We're going to talk about daily habits, daily decluttering routines that you can do anytime during your day or evening to help you stay ahead of the clutter in your life. No one's problem with clutter started overnight. We all know this. At some point, you realize that your house is out of control and you can't function in it. And you realize that you've never developed the habits necessary to maintain your living space. Maybe you didn't have any role models about this kind of behavior when you were growing up. Maybe you got used to your parents cleaning up behind you and you never transitioned that responsibility to yourself. Maybe it never felt like it was worth the time and effort to do it. Whatever your reasons up to this point, when it starts to bother you, when you start to notice the chaos in the house, then it's time to learn some new habits. We talk a lot about digging out a big project that's been long neglected, but in addition to that, you have to do the maintenance. By definition, you do it over and over and over again forever in order to maintain your space over your lifetime. It's time to develop some habits and add them into your daily life and learn how to do them repeatedly so you can keep your clutter at a manageable level. Let's launch our discussion with routines to do at the start of the day. What comes to everybody's mind first? It's, th it's the traditional start of the day routine, which is making your bed. There's something very relaxing about coming home at the end of the day and walking into your bedroom and seeing that your bed is made. To me, a crumpled bed looks defeated and a made bed looks serene. It's easy enough. It's an easy enough way to start your day. And I think it's a great daily habit. Some people make the bed as soon as they get out of it. And some people let the bed air out before they make it, which is fine if you get up and leave it unmade and sort of you know the the blanket flop down and you go take your shower and get dressed and whatever and a half an hour comes goes by and then you come out and make the bed that's fine but taking the time to make the bed will be a great reward at the end of your day <clears throat> darby points out that sometimes you have to wait for your husband to get out of the someone bed. else to exit it yes <laughs> True that. <laughs> you can't really make the bed up around them. They will be surprised to find pillows on their head when they wake up. <laughs> good point. Another good morning routine is hanging your wet towel up before you leave the bathroom. That crumpled towel on the floor of the bathroom will still be wet when you come home. If it stays on the floor, one of your pets will likely sleep on it. It's certainly not going to stay clean down there and it contributes to a messy look in the bathroom. Develop the habit of hanging it on a hook or on the towel rod or over the shower rod. Hang it wherever it's convenient and easy for you. Think of it as prepping the towel for you to use the next morning. You're putting it back in place now so you have a dry towel right to hand after you shower tomorrow. Another bath-related daily routine, put away all the products that you get out every day to get ready for work. Put the toothbrush and the toothpaste back. Put the hairbrush back. Put the makeup back. Put the caps back on things. There's nothing more annoying than a toothpaste tube without the cap on it, sitting on the counter drooling. That just makes me insane. You use a lot of tools every morning to get ready and you want to be able to find them the next day without hunting for them. The only way to accomplish that is to put things back before you leave in the morning. 
You can also save this one for when you come home at night, but this bathroom stuff in particular seems easier to me to put away right then after you've used it instead of leaving it all day and all during the day and then you have to face it when you come home at night so i think you're less likely to put it away at the end of the day than you are at the beginning of the day but you be the judge of that and do what works for you at this point i'd say that most of us are checking our phones first thing in the morning when we get up we all know what a time suck that is that smartphone will make you waste your time all day long starting in the morning so i'm suggesting a daily habit to help you manage your time and get out of the house on schedule every day Modify that reflex behavior of looking at your phone so that you're only looking for the fire drills or the red alarms that might change the start of your day. I scroll through my email looking for clients sending me last minute changes to our scheduled appointments. If I don't see any emails from clients, that means that my plan for the day is still okay and I don't need to change anything. It also means that I can look at emails during the breaks in the day or at night. <clears throat> I check my text messages and voicemail for the same thing. I'm looking for client schedule changes, like the lady that sent me a voicemail one day and said, I'm going into labor. I can't keep my appointment today. <laughs> Those things happen. And we will clients, allow that. Right? Clients call and change things at the last minute. And so uh, before I drive away from the house, I need to know that something has changed. And so I go looking for those messages everywhere. And then when I find that there aren't any, then I know that I can go about my day and I'm leaving and I know where I'm driving first and I know that nothing has changed. And so it means that I can go about what I plan to do this morning and not worry about it. So my suggestion is look for the fire drills, look for the fire alarms The you know, oh my God, this has happened, that changed this, whatever, rah, 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 whatever's going to completely derail the day. And see if there's anything out there. And if there's not, then you are you can be comfortable moving about and doing what you plan to do when you went to bed. Well, and especially if you're self-employed or um, working from home, responsible for managing your own time. Exactly. It's very, very easy to let other people derail and distract you. And yeah, you, if you dive too far into the email, you, you'll wake up and two hours have gone by and you're not dressed yet. Yeah, it's unless you I, I think it makes more sense to, you know, to look at your calendar and see these are the people I these are the people I have an ex expectation of interacting with today and mm -hmm. then quickly scan. Did I hear anything from any of them? So changing it because, you know, sometimes it's not even an emergency. Sometimes it's someone put something on your agenda that because it annoys you or it interests you a little more than the thing you're supposed to be doing, or, it, you know, it can be positive or negative. It can still push you off what you had it planned. Be distracting hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And I learned this the hard way because I would get up in the morning and get dressed and head out to a client and then get there or start looking at my email or text messages as I was making While my way to the, <laughs> to the new place, only to discover I wasn't supposed to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happened two or three times. I was like, Oh, clearly I need to do this before I leave the house because I would have to like turn right around and go back home again. And so it's a good thing to find out. My phone tells me if there's been an, uh, 
you know, a major change I need to notice, but then I can also ignore it once I determine there aren't any major alarms and I can go back to getting dressed and getting breakfast and getting out on time and not being completely derailed by finding an interesting or aggravating email (laughs) that I think needs my attention right then. Okay. I showered and addressed you now that you're, you know, you've done your personal care. Now you need breakfast. You're about to make a mess in the kitchen. And the question is whether you want to face it now or when you come home. I'd say the daily habit in the morning at the very least should be putting the food away. If you have food as you bring out things to make breakfast, you should at least put the food away. If you don't have time or you're not a morning person, then maybe the dishes can wait until you come home. But again, a bare minimum morning routine should be to put the dirty dishes at least in the sink. And everyone in your house that eats is something, whether they're eating breakfast or a snack or whatever, they should be putting their dirty dishes in the sink and before they leave for the day. And if you want to up the game, then everybody has to rinse their dishes and put them in the dishwasher instead before they leave. You're just going to come home to those dirty dishes and you're going to have to clean them up before you make dinner. Anything that you or your family can do to lessen the load at the end of the day will be helpful for everybody. And Jane's saying, and the pet food dishes, yes. Like you got to feed the cat, you got to feed the cats or the dogs, and then you got to pull those dishes up and wash them before you put fresh food in them again. And so at least plucking those up and putting them in the sink, you're going to have to clean them to put them back out, but it's at least part of the way. And if you have time, do it. We have to keep having an argument about that because- Hardy does not think it's his responsibility to rinse his dish and put it in the dishwasher. He just will not learn that, will he? (laughs) Darn him. (laughs) You have to cook him the handmade food and he won't clean his dish after himself. That's crazy. (laughs) Another good daily routine, especially for families with kids, is to throw in a load of laundry before you leave the house moms with kids do laundry non-stop there's no point in saving it for later because those kids are making more dirty clothes and linens every minute of the day those families need to run a load of laundry every day to keep up then rotating the laundry when you get home again is the next step folding comes last but you should handle it before you're done for the night and it's a good time to enroll other family members as soon as they're big enough preteens should be doing their laundry as experts already Washers are not exotic machines, and a 10-year-old can make that thing run. They use their smartphone easier than you do. They can make the washer run. I'm just saying, that is like the first chore that every kid can learn how to do. Now let's talk about the the end-of-the-day routines to help with clutter maintenance. We're going to shift from I'm leaving the house to I'm coming back to the house. When you come home, as you get out of the car, is the perfect time to clean out trash and unload the car before you go in. One day's trash will be fairly small. The trash can is already outside, so grab whatever accumulated in the car over the day and go toss it in the trash can. Just toss it in directly. It's so easy to do. It takes two minutes, and then you can grab whatever needs to go inside, and the car is empty again. The car is just like a big driving purse. (laughs) We carry stuff around in it, but then suddenly someone needs to get in with us. And now there's no space because we've never emptied the big driving purse. So do yourself a favor and take today's stuff out of the car tonight and reduce the likelihood that someone will break in because they see packages or a briefcase or a box of some kind. 
It won't take long and your car will be clear for you when you come out in the morning and hopefully not broken into. As soon as you unlock the door and gotten inside, put your purse or your wallet and your keys down in the same place every night. So there's no fire drill to find them the next day. You won't need the keys again until you leave the house. So park them close to the door and ready to grab at the exact moment when you need them again. You can't drive the car inside the house. You're not using the key to lock yourself in, maybe. So they become unnecessary after three steps into the house. So park them right away. If you are actually using, like if it's a double deadbolt and you're opening it on one side and then locking it again on the other side, it can just hang in the door unless there's glass windows there. And then you need to lock the door and hang it nearby because every time you want to open the front door and go in and out, you're going to have to grab that key to unlock it. So in either case, having the key right there is important. Wherever the mail's delivered, whether that's in a box at the front of the house or actually in the house where they put the mail in, it comes inside, or you live in a subdivision where the mail is at a drive-by little box, um, at some point you're going to drive by and pick up the mail. So whenever it is, wherever it is, go pick it up and handle today's mail as soon as you get in. You can come in with mail and whatever else you're bringing in from the car, park the keys in the purse, put down the incoming bags, items, whatever they are, and deal with the mail. Stand over to the recycle bin, throw out what you can, tear up what you think needs shredding and put it in the trash. Go park the mail that needs attention where you would read it and start to handle it. Where you're, whether you're going to sit on the couch or you're going to do that at a desk or whatever. Once you've gotten rid of what you can get rid of, then you can um, park the rest where it needs to be handled. And this is where this is how you stop the paper clutter piles from forming in the first place by dealing with the smallest pile of paper it'll ever be today's mail because <laughs> today's mail tomorrow is now twice as big and the next day is three times as big it is never smaller than today's pile so spend the time to do today's pile every day and it won't grow one thing that you brought in from the car was a shopping bag so maybe you stopped at the grocery store or you ran into target for toiletries after your keys are parked and the mail is handled now you can deal with whatever came in from the car. Empty any shopping bags you brought into the house. You have no idea how many times I pick up a random shopping bag that's lying on the floor somewhere in the house and I find the remnants of a shopping trip still in there. Maybe there's three items, sometimes with a perishable food product like an onion. Somehow onions always get left. They seem safe enough in a bag for a while, but they always get forgotten and then they just rot. It ruins the bag, it attracts gnats, and it smells yucky. So much better to empty the shopping bag right then, park the onion where it'll get used, put up the new Tylenol and the toothpaste, and fold that bag away until the next shopping trip. So we're going to presume that you've done all that, and now you've had dinner, and you're sitting in front of the television, and vegging, as we say, in front of the TV, <laughs> chilling. When you hit a commercial, or when an episode finishes, if you're watching Netflix, it's the perfect time to check your purse or your wallet and empty them of the things that you stuffed in there all day. So pull out those receipts, pull out trash and food. I often find some gross dead snacks in purses along with other trash. Lots of women grab little bars or sticks or cheese stick and they think they're going to eat it during the day and then they forget it's in there or they get distracted. They don't eat it. And then the purse sits and 30 days later, I'm pulling out a 
30 day old unrefrigerated cheese stick going ew and throwing that away there's a lot of dead snacks in your purses right now i promise a few receipts can be easily sorted and saved or trashed depending on what it was for you want to throw out the fast food receipts save the receipts related to your business and you can go put them away and it's also, you know, if you get to the commercial and you've got two receipts that are related to your business, you need to save, then you hit the commercial and you can stand up and go and put it somewhere and come back and get a little, you know, blood circulating back in your, your end. It's a good way to, you know, have a two minute walk away from the couch in the evening. Before we get too far away from the purse topic, Jane said, <laughs> my mom had a burned out light bulb and a leftover piece of Long John Silver's fish in her purse for a week. Oh my God. Dead fish for a week. Ooh, I'm pretty sure there was no recovering that purse. That purse had to go straight in the trash. I don't know how you would clean because it sat there and oozed in the, Oh my God, that is awful. Okay. She wins the prize. Worst purse story ever. I have never found fish in the purse i never found fish in the purse you win 100 <laughs> percent. oh my god i usually find wrapped things you know like it's a it's a snack bar or breakfast bar or a cookie or something like that that it, like the cheese stick that's in its own little individual wrapper i mean it usually ends up being things that have wrappers around them <clears throat> but if it stays in the purse long enough the wrapper starts to tear and then things start coming out of the packaging because the wrapper doesn't survive being carried for two months in the purse. But, <coughs> oh, the dead leftovers in the purse. See, that's, a, that's another thing. If you put it in there and forgot about it, and then you go to your purse at the end of the day during the commercial and go, oh, my God, I forgot about my leftovers. You could at least get it out after, you know, six hours instead of seven days. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. So here's another uh, nighttime habit you can do. When you change your clothes from day wear to night wear, I'm taking off what I wore during the day. I'm putting on pajamas or I'm putting on my casual home clothes. Do something with what you wore today. If you can wear it again, hang it up. If it's dirty now, put it in the hamper or the dry cleaner bag. If you change your shoes, put the other pair away. You only have a few pieces of clothing on your body at any point in time. It's not a hard task to spend three minutes dealing with what you are taking off right now. It's just a few minutes. And, you know, most of the time it's going to be in Houston in the summer. I wore this during the day in the heat. There is no way I'm wearing that tomorrow. It is awful. And it needs to go straight into the, into the trash, in, not into the trash, into the washing container. And so, it is not hard to decide. I can't save that. There's no recovering that. If you live in a great climate and you can wear something all day long and conceivably you can wear it again the next day, great. You just have to have a parking space for it. Hang it up so it's you can find it again and, and you know wear it in the next few days and get it back into the washing cycle. Lots of people get undressed focusing on what they're aiming for and they just sort of like strip in place and drop things. And it's a, it's a very strange thing to me that you're unconscious and you as you get naked, you're taking things off and you just like let go of them in space. I don't understand that because you're on to the next thing. So at the very least, you, if you're that unconscious about it, when you come back into the room again, you find it on the floor, 
stop and spend your three minutes then dealing with it and doing something with it. Connie says, I put hooks on my closet doors to hang up clothes I can wear again. Right. And I have a, a similar thing. I, I have a, you know, one of those metal things that hooks over the mm-hmm. bathroom door. Yeah, that the, gives you some extra hooks. On the bedroom side of the door, it's it's hooks. And I only put things there that are have been worn once and can be worn again. And you should also think of that as a temporary parking space, not permanent storage. Right. So you don't want to hang it up there for three months. No, like, right. If yeah. it's been hanging up there for three months, you might as well put it into the laundry cycle and let it get washed and put back into your regular closet. Um, you don't, this is de- definitely supposed to be a part-time, short-term, I wore it this week and I can wear it sometime next week. And then, uh, and then it goes into the laundry. <clears throat> if you find that all of your closet is ending up hanging out on these hooks and hanging there for six months and not getting worn, then it's not really the system that you think it is. <laughs> it's really an expansion to your closet. And that's not what you're trying to accomplish there. Well, sometimes I'll take off something that I wore for a few hours. Yeah. Sort of figuring I'm not going to wear this again for another whole day, but I may throw it on between exercise and the next shower. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wanted, I just want to change out of a a sweaty exercise shirt into something dry. Yes. And something clean, clean It's dry and it's clean ish. Yeah. It's cleaner. But right. not you don't want to put a perfectly clean shirt on a body that needs a shower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's bridging the gap, right? Okay, so um, the next evening thing that you can try to do is deal with today's dishes today. It's not going to get less disgusting to deal with by putting it off for several days. If you're starting with the breakfast dishes, then load the dishwasher first. Load what you can while you're cooking. Then either finish the job after you've eaten or before you go to bed. I find an empty sink to be much easier to face in the morning. <clears throat> Don't forget to work um, to work in unloading the dishwasher when you have a clean load. And an associated habit might be to update the grocery list as you are cooking or after each meal for anything that you've noticed while you were cooking that particular meal that you're short of, or I ran out of, or whatever, you can stop at the end or right before you serve, or as you think of it, you can go over to this list on the fridge and add it on there. Um, It's just a time when you're focused on the contents of the kitchen a lot. And it's very um, top of mind for you right then. And so if you notice something that needs to be on the list, take the pause and go write it down. Make sure you pick up today's trash today. Don't leave little piles of trash around for another day. Not when it's so fast to throw out the little bit of trash you made and you know exactly what is trash. Lots of clients want to search through everything in the house to verify that it's trash. As I'm digging out somebody's closet or cleaning up a room and I'm finding bags and I think it's probably trash, but I always recommend that you go through and look at it to make sure it really is because sometimes it starts out being trash or it wasn't trash and somebody saw an empty bag and threw trash in on top of something good. And so it means that you have to rummage through things a second time. And if you can deal with it today while you're certain that it's trash, then it makes it quicker to throw out and you don't have to rummage through it later to decide about it again. Or worse, you don't stash it somewhere because you're not sure if it's trash, only to have to unearth it later and go through the whole process again. So 
a lot of time people, you know, they have the bags, they don't know what it is. It's left over from when they were unpacking something or opening something. And then somebody's come to visit and they grab all that stuff and throw it in a closet. Well, they just basically threw the trash that they didn't deal with in the moment into the closet. And then later they're going to have to come out, pull it out again and throw it away later <clears throat> after they've gone through it to make sure that it's all trash. <laughs> Better for you to do the trash that you made today while you know exactly what it is and you're perfectly certain that it's trash and you can throw it away and never have to deal with it again. And some of that would be recycling and some of that would be trash, but it's not a big pile. It's not like you opened 500 packages today. You maybe got two packages in the mail and maybe you made some trash because you opened some stuff that you got at the store and you opened some mail and made some trash. It isn't going to be that big of a pile and you know exactly what you were doing today. And so you can get in through it much easier and quicker. You know, on the trash thing, I had the thought I, I'm really bad about out in the yard and in the garage, not, not in the house, but out in the garage, in the yard, I'll go find whatever thing I can turn into a trash bag that's at hand like a, a a potting soil bag that's been emptied and yeah. start shoving stuff in there and it's pretty obvious that that's trash except i don't take the next necessary step which is go put it inside a legitimate trash bag that can be closed <laughs> right and i i imagine there are people who have the same kind of problem inside the house where they grab the the grocery store plastic bag or paper bag and start putting things in it. And maybe if that is a problem that afflicts you, a better choice would be whatever you buy that is going to be your trash bags is the only thing you put trash in. Just so make that, it, that a habit. It's a visual representation that it's a visual cue that it's trash. Yeah. So if you're going, I mean, if you're going around the house or if you're, if you've decided to sit down and go through mail or something that you're sorting and there's going to be a lot of trash use a trash bag nothing nothing else not a, not mm -hmm. a bag that might be a shopping bag might have something else of value in it yeah what so that it's very obvious just to look at it that it was one a trash bag that you pulled out that is designated yeah. for trash yeah 100 percent. that visual cue is really important and makes it easy <clears throat> because if you think of it as trash you would never grab it to here's where I'm going to put the stuff that's left over for my target trip that I need to take around the house. You're not going to put that in a trash bag to distribute. You're going to keep it in the target bag. And so it's a great visual cue. That's a good idea. The last thing on the list is put away whatever you got out today back in its parking space. Picking up after your uh, behind your daily or evening activities is part of staying ahead of the clutter on a day-to-day -day basis. And this routine is the best thing you can teach your kid about organizing. Learning to put things away when they're done at the end of the day is a habit that will serve them forever. And just the idea that it's part of a routine of you've been doing stuff and you've had things out and you've been dealing with something, paying the bills, shopping online, uh, cleaning clothes, doing laundry, whatever you did to get out and do something, stop and reset and put things back. That is a habit that will help people deal with their clutter and prevent it getting building up every day. It'll be something that prevents you from building up clutter. If you just go put things back that you dealt with today, 
It takes a few minutes to reset everything you pulled out, but it's worth the effort because surprise, surprise, when you need it again, it'll be where it was, where it was supposed to be. You'll be able to go put your hands on it immediately because you've already put it back. Okay. Um, we have, we had a lot of comments about mail and I, so I promised I kind mail, of held them mail, mail. because okay. I, I wanted to, I didn't want to completely derail the conversation into mail and ask, how can I decide whether I want, want to buy this or that ticket or give the, give to this or that charity charity. Wait, there was a previous one from Anne. I, I skipped over. Sorry about that. I can never decide what mail to keep. I keep all the ads. That was her first comment. What's your thought on that? I, I, I thought about a suggestion for Anne on that might be designate one folder or sleeve or something into which you put the newest ads and make a rule for yourself that when you put in the ads that came today, you pull out the ads that came yesterday or or have some, there's a day of the week when everything that's in there goes away and only the new stuff goes in there. If you feel like there's some value there, you're going to go back and look at those things and you want them. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, this ties into the consumerism we were talking about yesterday. If you didn't see those ads, you wouldn't know what you were missing. <laughs> you wouldn't suddenly feel like you didn't get a deal that you were supposed to get, or you didn't buy that object or thing that is that they're trying to sell you at a in a sale <clears throat> so i guess the question is if this if this is something that you do about weekly grocery ads for instance then this week's ads don't apply next week and what ed is talking about makes perfect sense you get a new set of them you throw out you make sure that you go find and throw out the old ones because they're not going to do you any good anymore um and just ads in general like here comes a bunch of catalogs. Here comes a bunch of, we want you to buy our stuff. And I don't know how much time you have to spend looking at things that need to be bought, but surely you can throw a few out every week and not worry about you've missed something really fabulous. If you like, it's Christmas time and I'm just getting a metric ton of catalogs in the mail. It's just <laughs> making me so irritated. And so, yeah, I could tell myself I'm going to sit and look at all these catalogs, but I'm not. And so off it goes. I'm just like, yeah, I didn't know about your company before you sent me this catalog and I don't need to get anything out of this catalog. And I am recycling your catalog right now without opening it. And sometimes that's what you have to do to let that wash over you and not interrupt or make a bunch of stuff for you to do. Well, and she added, this is all mail about who to vote for, what operas to attend, what symphonies, what ballets, what home repairs, all kinds of things. So who to vote for is probably uh, not going to be how you gather your data. I mean, it can be, but if there's some election coming and you really want to read these brochures, you can probably filter them quickly for, is this the person that I'm likely to vote for or not? If it's not the person you're going to vote for, then you can throw it away. If it is the person you might vote for, then you want to go investigate them. Then maybe you need to gather all your voting stuff together. And then, you know, as soon as the election's over, you can go find every piece of election-related mail and recycle it that minute. Today's, there's a, a vote in Texas today and um, talking about some constitutional amendments. And at the end of today, that vote is done and anything that anybody sent me about voting can be recycled immediately because um, the, the minute, the, the moment has passed. And so it can be done. 
<clears throat> opera and ballet and whatever, those things are all on subscription. Here's our season, buy our season tickets. If that's something that you're trying to make a decision about what you're going to buy, then putting those with your bills to deal with when you are ready to make a decision about them would be lovely. And they will probably send you more than one thing, but basically they, every one of those performance arts things has a season and they already know what they're going to do for the whole season. And they're going to try to sell you tickets in advance, or then you get to sign up and buy, you know, a single ticket at a time over the season. And so <clears throat> check the dates, see if the dates are even possible for you. You know, it may be that you want to go see this performance number six, but it's on a date that you already know you can't do. So you can make some cursory review of the contents of those things and find out, is it, yes, so they have these six dates. Is it even possible for me to attend on those days? And if the answer is no, then it solves the problem. And if, if it's something that you really want, then it means you're gonna have to buy a ticket and then it becomes a bill. It's somebody you gotta pay. And so it can go with the bill section. Everything you're saying points to, you have to establish some kind of a routine mm -hmm. at least weekly and ideally every day to face that mail and even if you only make the preliminary cut of these are things i'm never going to look at again mm -hmm. you'll at least you'll mm -hmm. at least be dramatically reducing the volume exactly um exactly. linda's Linda says, I set up a mail station in the garage. I go through the mail and shred right there. The only mail that goes in the house are action items. Hey, that's good. That is rerouting it. Like, that's like ricocheting it off your outer shell so that it can't come in the house. That's excellent. And you're already out there with the trash can. If you have the shredder there, it sounds like you've got a shredder there already. How great. And that means that you spend your five minutes every day putting in recycling, putting in the shredding and taking the two or three pieces that are really actionable into the house. And that's fabulous because that means you have that much less in your house to deal with. I would like to give a name to this comment, but they are named by their phone model. So Galaxy J3B <laughs> or five said, USPS offers free informed delivery service, which comes to your email and shows a picture of the mail that is being delivered that day. I seldom get anything important, so I often bring in my mail every few days. I do the same thing. I think that's entirely reasonable. If you have a hard time giving your attention to the mail every day, then let the mailbox collect it. But you just have to make a firm commitment that when you bring it in from the mailbox, it gets the treatment. Yes, because the mailbox can't is not an infinite box either. No. <laughs> and you cannot leave it to be stuffed and then have the mailman not be able to deliver anymore because you haven't picked up your mail for a week and a half. Like it's not they're not going to give you a really huge box so that you can like backfill the box and not get it to the house. So it doesn't change the nature of the work that you have to do. It just delays when you get to do it for a few days. And it works. I mean, it means it's just like checking for the fire drills, right? Like you don't have to make the special trip to the mailbox if your email shows that you don't have a, um, anything important. Now, I will say that they take, a, do they send a separate email for each piece of mail? No, they send a daily 
thing. I don't and know you if there are any. Scroll through it. Yeah, and it shows okay. you photographs of the. It shows you photographs of the first class mail pieces mm -hmm. that are coming. Mm -hmm. Now that includes pre-sorted first class, so it includes some junk, you know. Right, and, right, right. Exactly. Um, okay, that's fine. Um, it just means that you have to know that you have a you have a manage the trash uh, to do item that you have to go clear out your mailbox and and get it in there and it, it's great that it's it makes it easy it means that you can sit there and, and throw into the recycle bin real fast because you already know that it's not anything you care about that's awesome doesn't change you know you, now you have an email to look at and you're flipping through the items by email instead of physical but yeah. you still have to go get the physical stuff and deal with it anyway yeah um, Naomi added, if you talking about mail, if you don't decide and it sits forever, just throw it out. If you want to donate to a charity, you can deliberately seek the ones that you consider most important. They will all accept donations online. And they will all send you stuff again. Again. Yeah. They will never stop. <laughs> if you've ever, if you've ever given anything to them ever, you will never go off their list and you will continue to get reminders. So if you don't have time to deal with it now, throw it out because they're going to send you another one two months from now or a week from now. It's not, you, no loss. You will not lose track of that charity because they will not lose track of you. That's what I'm saying. Totally not worried about it because Habitat for Humanity is going to send you a reminder four times a year trying to get you to give them money. <clears throat> and so- you can throw one out and not deal with it until December when you're going to do your charitable giving for the year, or you can save it until your birthday or whenever you make those kind of charity decisions. But you don't have to keep 14 copies of Habitat for Humanity to remember to pay Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Okay. Getting away from mail. Naomi says, I am pretty good at throwing out trash promptly. But if there's a leftover in the fridge that I am too suspicious of to eat, then I put it back in the fridge, back into the fridge until it gets totally moldy so I can throw it out with a clean conscience. <laughs> okay, so if you're suspicious of it, you can declare that, you know, you don't want to eat something toxic. And I would put it back in the fridge until trash day and then take it out and empty all those things that you're suspicious of in um at the same time as you would go and put trash out in the trash bin and put the bin at the curb. So that way it goes straight out and it's going to get picked up that day or the next day. And then you don't have like toxic waste in your kitchen for longer than a week. And you don't have toxic waste in your trash can for longer than a day. And, yeah. uh, you know, all better for everyone. <laughs> if it goes out on trash day, I would and further, you got that every week, right? I would further add that if it's something that can go down, can easily go down the drain and dispose all do that right away let and it go rinse rinse or trash the container whatever you need to do the to the container and connie mentioned the tiny habits which we've talked about before and this is relevant to the tittle which we're about to get to and to start a new habit you need to link it to something you you already do anyway and we don't have time to talk about that at length just the idea that um, it's easier to build a new habit if you can connect it to an existing habit or practice or routine. Exactly. And so let's go to the tittle. Okay. Now. All right. So uh, surprisingly, 
This week's tittle is called Do Make a Habit of It. And this week's assignment is to establish or build upon a set of daily decluttering routines that you already have. So start by identifying two new decluttering habits that you like to add to your daily routine. Select one for the morning routine and one for the evening. The target habit should be quick and simple tasks with a fairly narrow focus. For each desired habit, identify an existing successful practice with which you can connect it. For instance, if you'd like to cultivate the habit of cleaning out your car, you might connect this action <clears throat> to putting your sunglasses and your car keys in your purse. You can set up reminders to help you as you're establishing this new habit, like putting a post-it note on the bathroom mirror or the fridge, or prepare an index card where you can check off each day that you've accomplished a new routine. Um, anything to sort of uh, serve as a reminder that you're trying to add a new habit and then to keep track of whether you've done it and whether you've added it in every day will help you. See, um, we just thought you could try a new one in the morning and a new one at night just as a way to not be too overwhelming. But, um, you know, you can try as many as you want. And let's see if you can't add a new maintenance routine into your daily life and let it be part of what you do. And let us know how it goes next week. Excellent. And speaking of next week, we'll be back the usual time, Tuesday, November 9th, 2021 at noon U.S. Central Time, live in Zoom and streaming on Facebook. And we will be back in sync with the rest of the world on the subject of daylight saving. Yes, we're falling back this Saturday. Yes, we're falling back on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Um, What we're going to talk about, the rise of fast fashion the ease of online shopping and the popularity of retail therapy have left many of us with closets and dressers stuffed to overflowing, sometimes with clothes that we've never even gotten around to wearing. In next week's episode, we're going to talk about fresh ways to think about your personal style and offer strategies to make your wardrobe manageable and fabulous. Join us on November 9th for Armor for Everyday Life, Trends in Decluttering Your Wardrobe. Da, da, da. We're going to talk about all kinds of um, ways to think about clothes differently. So I hope you'll join us for that. If you're watching this on YouTube, we would love for you to join us live. We have about 90 people watching us live this week. And to get notifications about up upcoming events, we invite you to join the meetup group by visiting cfhou.com slash meetup. You can also follow us on Facebook by visiting cfhou.com slash Facebook or subscribe to our mailing list by visiting cfhou.com slash subscribe. We love to hear from you. So please keep your questions, comments, and topic suggestions coming on YouTube, Facebook, or anywhere that you find us. You can always reach us through our website at clutterfairhouston.com. Thanks everybody for joining us. We really appreciate it. And I've been getting lots of um, mail from all kinds of directions. So clearly everybody's touching all of our social media channels and my email and all kinds of stuff because I'm getting um, messages from every direction. It's pretty awesome. We are so glad you come and talk to us. <clears throat> well, and I'm seeing more traffic to our show notes pages. That's so I'm awesome. going to show that again. And, okay. Um, Oh, no, I'm not. I already quit. I already quit PowerPoint, so I'm not going to show it again. <laughs> CFHOU.com slash TCFW093. 
are the show the notes for this episode. Link for today's show notes, and those will be up. It's they're usually up by um, late evening central time in the United States. Right. We have to do a little processing before we can we put do. it up. So thank you. But so we're much. getting we're getting more comments on the show notes and and more traffic there, and so we're happy to see that. That's awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, we'll you guys, for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.